Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is this the button that plays The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons? It's very intense being at Yankee Stadium. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You hear somebody in the back, green shirt. And the only way to appease the mob was to take off your shirt. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. From Sirius XM NBA Radio, Frank Isola. Still to come. Host of the Buster Show, Buster Sure, Los Angeles Sparks guard, Lexi Brown. Plus, actor Stephen Bishop. And now, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons in for Rich, hanging out with Del Tufo, TJ Brockman, still off in the woods looking for his tee shots from yesterday. Ooh. Great to be here. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> Wait, did I miss that? Did I just catch a, did I just catch a stray? I was just seeing it, if yeah. he was paying attention. Hey, I, I played with the same played two solid. balls yesterday. Played Thank solid. you very much. Played very solid. Rustic, yeah, no, easy, no easy track out Didn't there walking. Well. Burned too many edges. A lot of edges were burned, that is for sure. Um, First sort of sports memorabilia you guys remember coming across in your own journey as a sports fan. Oh is there something that you, you had that was really special? I remember my dad and I had this glove mm. that we got signed by everybody. So being the son of Jeffrey Lyons, it was a mix of baseball players and like really cool celebrities. So it was right. like Wade Boggs signed the baseball glove and Hulk Hogan. Seems like a, <laughs> kind of a weird... But yeah, and Todd Benzinger, like it just had like eighty <laughs> signatures great. on it. No, I was super into the sports cards in the you know late eighties, early nineties, sure. you know, and um, you know just trying to collect anything Michael Jordan that I could. And uh, I was a big Ace fan. We lived in Alaska at the time, so that was kind of the team that uh, people cheered for, along with Seattle. So like Ken Griffey Jr. and Jose Canseco, like those were my favorite players when I was ten years old. So uh, just. Anything like that, what I, I could get my hands on when I was that age. And can you imagine being ten years old now? And if you're a fan of Mike Trout, or if you're a fan of Brianna Stewart, or whoever your favorite player is, not only can you get their cards, but you can interact with them on social. You can get a tweet from them, frame that, print it out. Now that's yeah, a collectible for a cameo. They can talk to you. You don't have to just send a letter to some shady address and yeah. you don't know if it's real or not. And maybe two years later, a Mike Schmidt like headshot comes back signed or something, <laughs> but he's not even wearing the Phillies gear because exactly. it's like not official. Now there's so many, 
uh, great ways to connect with fellow fans and collectibles are are really you know at the center of all of it. And my friend Buster Share, host of the Buster Show, joining joining us in a, in a few moments because he's a guy who knows the market value of all this stuff. And I called him. My dad found a newspaper. We were going through stuff. Found a newspaper from the day after uh, uh, we walked on the moon, and it says like, "Man walked on the moon, 1969." We have the the New York Times from the next day. I wonder if there's a market for that. People love, look at this studio. I mean, this studio is a collector's dream. I mean, there's some, what's the most random thing as I sit here and stare? Obviously, TJ's got some gems over there. There's a story behind all TJ stuff. Where'd you get the, I mean, even that bobblehead of the Turner guys, that's like a deep cut. That's a tough one to find. Oh, I think they sent that to us, They sent this to us right. when uh, Ernie or... You got to be plugged in. in. If right, I'm just a fan off in. the street, can't, I can't just go yeah. get that bobblehead. I got, you PJ, got, I got PJ Carlissimo. Who else do I have? Brockman, can you see? What do you mean, people. can I see? What does that mean, Mike? I wonder. <laughs> I can't see. I'm I, sitting I, at my the, desk. The camera's on. The, I, my, you can see. I got a couple of great bobbleheads. We there. have PJ Carlissimo. There's Vince Scully up there. I Del Tufo's yeah, collection the of uh, promotional fleeces from sporting oh, yeah, events that you've those. worked at. <laughs> Two of these exact ones. <laughs> I want to ask Buster when we get him on, like, hey, Buster, how much is a 1998 Tostitos like, Fiesta Bowl like, No, it's super random. If you're a fan of Curb the Enthusiasm, uh, Curb the Enthusiasm you know that Larry opened up a Spite store, Latte Larry's. Yep. We have we cups, cups from Latte Larry's. Yeah, it's great. I love like, that stuff. Like, how what, much is that worth? I, probably $8. Well, if no there's idea. a super fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm who lives in Belgium and needs to collect every single artifact right. from the show, maybe they'll pay $8,000 like, for it. Why did we get that it, sign when Larry David came in? Completely blind. Have you oh, seen the movie true. Whiplash? We got J.K. Simmons to autograph a hat here. So No way. That's yeah, very cool. I love that. So joining the show right now, a man who knows all things collectibles, Buster Share joining the show right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Buster, thanks so much, dude, for making some time. When did you start to really dive deep into the collectibles game? First off, thanks for having me. Uh, got into the collectibles game very early on, New York sports, and then when I started getting into the real fun stuff during the pandemic. I feel like you dive deeper than just sports. When you say the real fun stuff, you've now unlocked like a completely different box. Yeah, how I define real fun stuff is museum quality assets. So everything from signatures and documents from the first presidents, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln in particular, dinosaur fossils from 100 million years plus, uh, you know, type one photos of the Titanic being constructed, constructed, you know, things that could actually be in a museum. That's how I define the real fun stuff. Buster, I wish you could have seen the look on Brockman's face when you said museum quality assets. And he just was like, oh, okay, this is serious. Like, We're going to the next level here. Buster. Yeah, this is the fun stuff. That's what <laughs> yeah. Buster was right. He prefaced, it, prefaced it. it well. When it comes to sports fun stuff, what's some of the fun stuff you've crossed paths with in, in the world of sports collectibles? It's kind of next level. You know, the, the the stuff that you see making the headlines are the top rookie cards. So let's say a one-of-one one Giannis National Treasures logo man that has a fun story behind it about how the person who originally bought it, it had a stain on the card. They paid a couple thousand dollars. Then they returned it uh, for, I think it was $3,000 that they paid. That card recently sold for a few million um, but they returned it because it had a small stain, which, because it's a one-of-one, one, long-term, didn't end up affecting the value. Uh, you know, 
in 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 the sports world, I think tickets are fun, especially to uh, you know games where people wouldn't have kept them. So let's say Michael Jordan hits a game winner at an opposing arena, everybody would have thrown their tickets away because they didn't they weren't happy that the Bulls won. They, you know they they were pissed off, so they threw that stuff out. Therefore, the populations of those sorts of tickets are super low. You know, those are the sorts of stories that really uh, really get me going. I love it. Buster Share joining the show, host of The Buster Show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. We were talking about Tiger Woods walking off of the 18th hole at St. Andrews uh, this morning, and he's saying goodbye to the fans, and his hat is in his hand. And I'm thinking, I wonder what Buster would pay for that hat. When you look at sports now, do you look at moments? You mentioned Jason Tatum scoring the final basket of game one this year in the first round of the playoffs. How much is his jersey worth? Are you looking at sports through that lens? Yeah, that's the lens that I watch sports through now. It's sort of impossible to turn that brain off once you see it. You know, every NBA game that's played, I'm friendly with the guys who are who have an auction partnership with the NBA. Most of the jerseys go directly to them and then get auctioned off. You know, players aren't even really allowed to keep their jerseys for the most part. Um, so, you know, when I'm watching an NBA game, I'm like, oh, okay, that's, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars every quarter, even in a regular season game that people are willing to pay. Every jersey LeBron puts on is six figures automatically. You know, that sort of stuff is is crazy. Um, and then when you get to big moments, I mean, the ancillary stuff is uh, is crazy. It really is. Ben Lyons on for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Buster, I came across 450 Jose Canseco cards last weekend. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? 450 Jose Canseco cards, probably not much. It's probably not worth getting graded. Um, So I would just look at them and and be happy. Unless they're rookies and then maybe you sell them as a lot. But generally speaking, you don't want to waste your time and money on on, those sort of years. Well, maybe I can do what Jose does and just go on Twitter and say that I'll be at a local car wash and I'll have them for sale. So that would be nice. Um, What (laughs) do I do with – what what does TJ do with some of the stuff that he has that's not for sale – but if you know, you can name your price. You know, Buster, I, I do have a question. Something that just kind of popped in my head. It's not a sports memorabilia, but it's here's a question. Let's just say you have a really famous actress, right? And you happen to catch her garter belt at a wedding. What could that garner? It just now popped into my head that I have this wow. item. Yeah. It it you know, it's difficult to say. It depends who it is and if there's anything else you can compare it to. So do they have other, you know, if, let's say it's an actress, are there significant movie props that have set record prices where you could draw some sort of a comparison on the name to? You know, people who aren't in sports or, you know, don't have a, a ton of props and things out there are very hard to, to price. Um, you know, signatures are probably the easiest and lowest hanging fruit to compare things to, but something like that, it's all going to come down to whether you can you can comp it to anything and whether you can prove that it is what you say it is, whether there's video proof, you can photo match it. There are so many things that would go into it if, if you were to try to auction that in theory. Okay. Del Tufo, what do you got for Buster? Question for you. I have about 500 concert tickets from the 70s, like late 70s, early 80s. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I got a ton of them. Like, I'm talking like, Great, like from Live Aid to like big events going all through the like decade of the 80s and early 90s. Are they worth anything? 
Who who are the biggest names that you saw? Oh, name them. Uh-oh. Buster, you're asking Del Tufo to talk music in the 70s and 80s. We might be here for a while. Yeah. That's why I'm not. I mean, literally everybody from like. Yeah, the the big ones you want to. Like Pearl Jam, early 90s, like Unplugged, Nirvana. I mean, that's that's gold right there, basically. The ticket market is up significantly in the last two years. So I would pick out the big ones, look for comps and auctions and eBay. If they're, if none exist, that means that it's even better for you. But if they do exist, you can get a rough idea of, of what they're worth. And uh, the big ones you would send to, to PSA to get graded. And then, you know, likely if you wanted to sell them, put them in an auction. But that's that's real money. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, you just made his weekend. Yeah. Look at that. This is a big <laughs> smile on Del Tufo. now. <laughs> Chris, you got anything you're trying to sell? Yeah, Buster. Obviously, the pandemic kind of helped bring all of this back. We saw the huge uptick in in sports cards Mm -hmm. and everyone, you know, going on Instagram and breaks and all that fun stuff. And, like, obviously, Ken Golden and some of these other guys, everyone was chasing uh, the LeBron triple logo man this past year until it finally got nailed. What do you think the sustainability of all of this is? Are we going to see some type of bubble burst like we're seeing with crypto this year? Or just long-term it for us, if you could. Yeah, you know, the way that I see this playing out is obviously, you know, there's a, a an inevitable correction, but I think we've already seen a lot of that, similar to how you, you know, have seen in pretty much every market around the world. But the thing is, when you look at what people under 30 want, it's the things that, you know, are from their childhood. It's why Pokemon has hit the resurgence in the last couple of years and not in 2005. It's because the kids that were collecting in 1999 now have a little bit of money. So, you know, I I think that is sort of the way that I see it playing out over and over and over for every major category, every major franchise. Um, And it's the things that people want. And since, you know, these have been proven as real assets that have, you know, historical track records, uh, you know, uh, especially for the biggest names and, Industries, I think, long term, that interest is not going to disappear. Not in these, uh, not in the giant brands. No, the power of nostalgia is, is incredible. And Buster Share joining the show, host of the Buster Show, sports collectible expert Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. The power of nostalgia to really draw consumer spending and to really inspire people to want to go out and build community around the things that they that mean something to them is is unmatched. To make everyone in the room feel really old, Buster. Go down memory lane. What were the things and who were the players that you watched as a kid growing up that made you that that will make you nostalgic to want to collect their items as you get older? Oh, this is terrible. You're you're setting me up for failure here. You know, obviously Derek Jeter. Um, you know that but <laughs> I only became a Yankees fan in two thousand nine because I was nine. Um, fortunately, that was a good year. But, you know, it's Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks. I, I don't have that many good teams to lean on. You know, uh, I became a Giants fan a little bit after they, they were winning. Um, but it's the, the superstars of the leagues that I watched. So it's still LeBron. It's, you know, it, w- it was Kobe. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny now because of the the way that certain characters from the past have become so much bigger than life and, you know, how things like uh, documentaries like The Last Dance totally revitalized the Michael Jordan, 
collectability to a generation that never saw him play. I'm interested to see how that plays out in 20 years for people who never saw, uh, you know, LeBron James play and the LeBron James documentary comes out and how that affects things. You know, those are the sorts of things that I'm, I'm thinking about too. But for me, it was always the New York sports teams. Buster, what's next? Like, uh, so we can get out our pens and write this down so we can kind of get ahead of the curve and, <laughs> yeah. and set up our portfolios Look, here in the coming years. Like I said, the thing that I believe in most, and it's the only thing that I can tell you for a fact is good, is museum quality assets. Things that could be in a museum, private museums will pay 3 to 6% of asset value to hold it in their facilities on a, on, and protect it on a you know annual basis and those are the sorts of things so you think um you know triceratops skeleton you think uh babe ruth game horn jersey it's the top percent of the percent everything else is is fun and there's nostalgia i would go for rarer stuff if that's you know what's in what you're into but collecting at the end of the day is is supposed to be about fun and passion and you know building something you know that that makes you happy um, and do you, and, and do you prefer you happy, probably makes other people happy? And do you prefer you know something tangible, something physical, or are you? Uh, what do you think about the NFT market? Yeah, so I, I actually said this earlier to somebody. I prefer the NFT market today, where it is. I think monthly volume is down over seventy percent. I prefer it today than when it was at its peak because it's at its peak. There were lots of scams. Um, gas was, uh, you know, Ethereum gas for transactions was incredibly high. Um, the price of everything was incredibly high. Whereas now it's a lot easier to sort of tell uh, who's in it for the long run. So I prefer digital collectibles today than a year ago. And in general, I think that they're, uh, for the most part, uh, a plus to the collectibles hobby. Buster Share joining the show. Museum quality assets. I like that. Del Tufo is going to be on the phone with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum in Cleveland, yeah, right? I mean. When they're done with the show. Buster, I'll leave you with this one. Museum quality assets. You were in my office in New York. I saw you eyeing that Carmelo Anthony water bottle I stole from the <laughs> Lakers bench this year. How much do you think that yeah. can go for? <laughs> I think you got a couple hundred bucks right there if you can prove that it says. Not for sale, Buster. It's priceless. Thanks so much for joining the show. Appreciate <laughs> you, buddy. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Love it. Buster. What an interesting way to great. look at sports. When you and I are watching games, we're thinking it. about their legacy, what it means for wow. our teams winning the championship. He's looking at it saying, I wonder how much those sneakers are going to sell for. <laughs> I think it's also super funny. Like when you're a kid, you kind of jokingly would tell your parents, Mom, we, we got to do this. Like someday it's going to be worth a lot money. of money. Yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> it's some day days today. today. Yeah. yeah. Remember how I said every day <laughs> yeah. is not a day? Well, every day is, well, it's someday. Some days today. Uh, good stuff from Buster. <laughs> We've fun. got a, a big show coming up. We got Lexi Brown from the Sparks calling in around eleven o'clock here on the West Coast. We got our buddy Stephen Bishop, one of the great golfers in Hollywood, played David Justice in Moneyball. He's going to be hanging out here in studio with us. Plus, our top ten NFL teams. We got TJ's goats. We got Tiger Woods weeping. It's a big show on a Friday. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen show. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway, Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. 
Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. Well, that's just the beginning, guys, because Callaway has engineered a Rogue ST for every player. Most golfers will fit into the max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. But there's also Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Now, if you need something more low spin, there's Max LS, which gives you stronger trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, the real OGs, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS is the compact low spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed. So all you have to do is go to Rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I love it. I love it. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Going through the archives of this incredible, incredible multi-platform brand. I love watching the old interviews. That Ray Liotta uh, interview has to be one of the top five. Oh, the top five moments. We Brock and I were just top five moments. I think top amazing. five moment on the show for, uh, show for sure. We've never actually sat down and and kind of come up with the list. Every time, well, someone, I would, you're going to get somebody's going to say the list is bad. Well, no, what I mean, list. yeah, yeah, YouTube will blow YouTube it up. But I'm, I just mean when every time someone comes in and it's kind of an epic interview, we kind of all look at each other and was like, that was that, great. That kind of felt like yeah. a top ten interview. And then we go back and we think about all the people we've had on and the moments and something like that with Ray Liotta. Uh, R.I.P. It's like, man, that was a really top five moment of the show. Yeah, Ray Liotta with an axe with taking axe it to was, his poster at Goodfellas. That is a great moment in this show. That, that, that Rich bought at a charity auction oh, so that good. turns out that's probably all fake. Like Martin Scorsese might be the only real signature on there. Maybe. <laughs> so funny. Oh, good we stuff. Well, speaking so of lists, we're not going to make a list of this show's greatest interviews. We do have our list of the top 10 NFL teams heading into the 2022 season. And when you hear those bells ring, you know it's only one thing. It's time for football. Let's get to our top 10. Woo! We'll start with my list because I've had the best lists all week long. So we'll start with the best. Uh, let's put it up on the screen, shall we? At number oh, 10, like TJ's Dallas Cowboys. Oh! TJ and I have become very good friends in this last year or so. And I didn't want to deal with another year of him saying, well, you didn't put my Cowboys in the top 10. So Cowboys are firmly... They're at number 10. I like the addition of uh, Russell Wilson in Denver. I think a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover for the Bengals. Not like when Carolina missed the playoffs outright. I still think they'll be good, but just not as good because the Baltimore Ravens will be much better. That team was decimated 
by injuries last year and was amongst the best teams in the AFC until that happened. I think a healthy Ravens team has them back in the top 10. Who knows who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football to? The Chargers are the second best team in their own stadium. Can't go against TB12. The Chiefs, all they do is win, man. AFC title game, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, AFC title game. I think Mahomes and the boys run it back. And then the best two teams in the NFL, I think that's going to be our Super Bowl. Bills and Rams. With the Rams, of course, defending the Super Bowl here in Los Angeles. Going to win it out in Vegas. That's my top 10. Uh-oh. Go for it, YouTube. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what, uh, Ben? I'll, I'll go next here, TJ. You can finish strong since everyone seems to like your list the most this week. Uh, hey, look, man. Mac Jones is my number 10 quarterback, so guess who my number Yay! 10 team is? Oh, oh, brand. New England Patriots. Guess what? They made the playoffs last year. I don't know if everybody forgot about that. Uh, uh, yeah, I did forget about it. Yeah, I did. Everyone yeah, forgot. I, totally I, know, forgot. I know Mike in the back loved it because it didn't go so well, but guess what? They made the playoffs last year. And guess what? They got better. So I got to put them number 10. I like Oof. Dallas number nine. They're going to win the NFC East, despite what Rich thinks about the Philadelphia Eagles. I agree with you, Ben. A healthy Baltimore Ravens team is a top 10 team. And Lamar Jackson will be a top five MVP candidate. And then I just went with all oh, the AFC West teams. Wow. I kind of put them all in there. I think they're all really good. Five, six, seven. Take your pick. Uh, I think the Chiefs take a step back. I think the Raiders and Chargers are a little bit better. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Best division of football. The team that made the Super Bowl, I like them number four because they're not as good as the quarter uh, the teams ahead of them. Tampa still has Tom Brady. Yep. The Bills still have Josh Allen. And the Rams won the Super Bowl, so you got to put them number one. Yeah. Thank you, Brockman. Some respect. It took yes. all the way to Friday to get there, but we got there. <laughs> feel good about that. Uh-oh. Feel good about Here that. Now DJ. it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's time. Please put Dallas so, number one. DJ Jefferson. Before, before my list goes up, I just want to say <laughs> this, right? Please. It's July 15th. We're making these lists. We don't know anything. We don't know anything, no, people. No. These teams haven't been in no, training. No, we know everything. We know. Whoa. Oh, we are sitting okay, up true. here with microphones that are yeah. on. You know something. We know things, but essentially we don't know anything. And because it's July 15th, and I don't want no problems from you people, I got a whole football season that I got to listen to the mouth breathers yapping. I don't want no problems. I want to enjoy my summer. So at number 10, just to appease some of you out there, put the list up, Hoskins. I can't believe I did it. Put your damn act together. I got the Philadelphia Eagles in at number 10. I'm telling you, man. I hate to admit it, but like, if I'm going to be objective, watching what the Eagles have done to this team, they've they've really improved. Man, they had a great, really great draft. Adding AJ Brown, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried about this team, and you know, I'm just going to keep her out in the white. So funny because had I put the Cowboys in, I would have got booed. I'm in a no-win situation here, but that's okay because I can carry it. I'm here for the smoke. I want all the smoke. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. Mostly, you know, it's the hybrid. Uh, Next up, I guess I'm going to jump on with Rich. I'm going to go with the Raiders. You know, I I do like what the Raiders are doing, and I got a feeling that they're going to have a really good season this year. Uh, Got the Chargers at eight. The Ravens, I have at number seven. I think Lamar Jackson is going to show and prove this year. I just, you know, every year you just get a feeling about a player or a team. I've got a feeling about Lamar. Coming at number six, you know, people are going to say, oh, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. They did. They had a great season. But also, you know, it's very hard to go back to the Super Bowl. So to have someone at number six, I don't think it's a disrespect at all. They had a glaring weakness. It appears as though they have a dream. 
addressed it on the offensive line. They're a great team. It's just very hard to go back to the Super Bowl. Even at that, number six is good. Number five, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I keep saying this about him. The guy makes passes that I've literally never seen another quarterback make. Losing Adams is huge. I have a feeling, though, that they're going to be all right. Uh, The Chiefs at four. I got the Rams at three. Again, very hard to repeat. But the Rams are great, man. That's a great football team. And they plugged some holes. Buffalo Bills and the Bucks. They're rounding out my top ten. You know, with number one, I picked Tampa Bay. It's Tom Brady, right? And if you bet on Tom Brady more than you bet against him, I don't know, percentage-wise, I'm not good with math, but I'm willing to bet that you made some good way up. sound investments. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks out. right now as of the 15th of July. I'm just sitting here in shock that Brockman and I had the Cowboys on our list. <laughs> I know! And TJ didn't have the Cowboys. Like you went with the Eagles. List. You're trying to, like, gain yeah, Curry favor exactly so people don't come wrong. at you. No, because I, I don't care anymore. That's but like weak. I said, I'm trying to enjoy my summer, you man. You said you were going to embrace the villain role. Yeah, and guess what, Chris? Football hasn't started yet. When football starts, you guess you know the boys will be in that top 10. <laughs> enjoy your summer. I don't want no problems. You know, <laughs> go to the beach, hang out with your family. Uh, we can reconvene in September, and that's when the smoke... That's when the smoke oh, will start, geez. okay? <laughs> but it's right now. them cowboys! Man, there are top ten lists. Can we put all three up on uh, the oh. Peacock TV there? Can we put them up yeah. all Do three? Do we have that technology? Well, I don't, we don't, I don't know, know if we have that. I didn't have the Packers on my list. Yeah, the Packers I mean, was a... Yeah, no Packers. I think they still win the division, the but are they, are they going to come out of the... the worst division Come in out of the NFC? I don't know. I mean, they lost a lot on offense. I know Aaron Rodgers is great. I just want to see him prove it. Oof. Obviously, you have the, the Patriots in there, and, and I think it's important to believe in your team. They need your support. They need your hope. They need your your energy, your positive energy. But what is it about the Patriots and their roster this year, just sort of a nerdy X's and O's that has you excited for what they well, can they do? Still have, is, did, Bill, did I miss something? Did, did Belichick retire? <laughs> no, no, no. He's still he's on the a, team. Bill great. is still the coach. Bill Belichick's the, still yes. there. Cool. He doesn't know yeah. what an audio drop is. But That's all you need. He's done. That's all you need. We're good. Top 10 team. Bill Belichick's the coach. Okay, done. Thank you for that great expert analysis. That's why Brockman gets the big bucks. We're about 10 minutes away from TJ's goats. Tigers weeping over at St. Andrews. Emotional scene there. Cam Smith had a huge. He eagled 14 and parred in. He's sitting three shots ahead, 13 under after posting a 64. Roy McIlroy is surging. He is Three under on the day at 12. He sits at minus nine, one shot back at Cam Young. He's been taking some aggressive cuts as of late. I like aggressive the way that Rory cuts. has been striking the ball, really taking on the yeah. role as leader of the PGA Tour as well. I think that sort of adds to the confidence. He's really Johnson becoming an right ambassador for That's the game. That's a good look for him. You know, I was listening to uh, Mike Tirico was on the No Laying Up guys yesterday after they were kind of recapping round one, and he thinks Rory taking this leadership role and speaking out against Liv and – the responsibility of these players to stay on the PJ that's got helped his golf game. And it's uh, hard to think otherwise if you've watched Rory play the last couple of months. Confidence. It means so much in life and golf and, and everything. I mean, yesterday I hadn't had lunch because I did this show. And so I went and I had a hot dog before the round. Gave me confidence. <laughs> Felt good out there as I went about my 18 you holes. You had a tall boy, too, which had I think a tall was boy the right and a hot move. dog. Yeah. There, were, there was okay. no cart situation on the back nine at Rustic. And uh, I could have used a little lubrication to help me uh, <laughs> okay. finish, the, finish the home stretch. I would love to see, you know, there's always talks about these new golf tournaments and how we can reinvent golf. I would love to see the best players in the world play like we play. Like 
eat a hot dog, drink a tall boy, and then go out there and play 18 holes. Oh, uh, you mean have, have See a, what that does to the heartburn on the fifth have hole. Have a six-pack? Yeah. I mean, John Daly actually hours? may actually do it. You guys are just thinking that he's not Go out there, out there walk John and carry and go pee in the woods and like <laughs> wait for the group in front of you to like hit 10 shots. The whole experience. That would be incredible. Oh, John Daly's going to miss a cut. He oh. was playing really well, but he finished at plus three. It's a shame. Cut's going to be about even par, guys. So, Can't wait for the weekend at the Open. It's going to be awesome. DeAndre Ayton staying in Phoenix for now. What does that mean for the Kevin Durant trade? What does that mean for the Suns' chances in the Western Conference? A little basketball talk next because TJ's breaking down his all-time goats, the greatest players in the history of each NBA franchise. Yes, indeed. Yes, a few indeed. left. Are we, we going to do uh, the team that plays the world most famous arena? That is this today's. That's coming We're up. We're doing Atlantic Whoa. today? I said, oh, I right. Atlantic. Right. Right. Let's get to it. Let's send it to break so we have enough time and we're not up against it. TJ's goats for the NBA when we come back. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Thank you all for watching and listening all week long. I've said it uh, a few times. I genuinely do feel like I've won some type of contest that I got to host a sports talk show for a week. This is amazing. So thank you for being a part of it. This date in history, 1988, Die Hard was released in theaters. And I had always said in the great debate, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? That no, it was not a Christmas movie. Until I watched that soundbite from the Rich Eisen show, of Jake Tapper breaking down why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I think I, I flipped. I think I flip-flopped. I think Die Hard's a Christmas Welcome movie Welcome to the correct That's side of the argument. Thank you very much, Jake Tapper. I appreciate the breakdown. What about um, your dad? What does your dad think about that? I don't does he even, buy into these uh, is it, is it not debates? I don't think my dad has given 
any thought to the idea of is Die Hard a Christmas All right. movie All right, not. quick. TJ, our favorite bit. FaceTime your dad right, right now, now and let's ask him if Die Hard's a Christmas movie. FaceTime? That is hilarious. Your dad definitely knows how to use FaceTime. At least text him and be like, hey. he would. I would value your father's opinion more I would than too. any of the other people that well, argue. Well, Jake Tapper had an open and shut case. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Mike, no, just, no, uh, you, no. you and Rich need to no. just take the L on this. No, we're not. It's not. It's a Christmas in the what? background it's of it. It's a Christmas in the background of it. Is that a technical the term? That, that can't that the be a thing that happens. Hans Gruber falls off the building and dies at the end. Who cares? Does not make it. You, redemption. Christmas movies. Hey, every mom, is dad there? We're having a debate Grinch on the radio. People redemption. can't deny, uh, die in Christmas movies? Like, they, what are you okay. talking about? I'm not about? saying they don't die, but that movie's about... So, terrorists taking over Nakatomi Plaza in Mike, Century City and it's about killing a, people. It's about a man no. finding redemption and no. winning back his family. No. All right, the big what? guy. The big guy can't do FaceTime, but okay. we're gonna get okay. him on the phone. Hey, Dad, you're on the Rich Eisen show right now. Say hi to the guys. Hi, guys. Oh, oh no, no, oh, no, Dad! Oh, oh, static, hey. static. What, what are you doing? By the pool? Text, text, him, text him the bat line yeah, number. Yeah, him on the phone. Okay, all right, we'll call. We'll, we'll text you the bat line. We you can call here? for real. I don't know. It's like a public access show here. No, we're not like picking the <laughs> phone. We're not public on the access. Ben lines, of course. You can okay. the real we'll number. have the big guy call in. Ben line. Um, but let's get to TJ's goats before we get to to if my dad thinks Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not. We'll get him the phone number. Um. But TJ's Goats, you're breaking down the best players in the history of each NBA franchise. What division do we have today? Well, I figured I would save this because all of us, our favorite teams are in the Atlantic. So that's the division I figured that I'd save for today, Friday. And that's looking at the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knickerbockers, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Toronto Raptors. So let's just jump into this, who I feel are the greatest of all time, the Goats. For each of these franchises. I'm going to start with the Raptors. Um, this was surprisingly tough, guys. Uh, you know, right off the bat, my first thought goes to Vince Carter, right? He was kind of like the, the first true star that the Raptors had and, you know, led them at the beginning when they were just, you know, a new franchise. And Vince was was really great, really exciting. You also had Chris Bosch who was a perennial all-star, you know, really one of the better power forwards in the game. And then he kind of sacrificed his own individual success for team success when he went and signed with Miami. You know, Bosch was a guy who was averaging like 25 a game, kind of went to Miami, reinvented himself, you know, but he didn't win in Toronto. Basically what this boils down to is Kawhi or Kyle Lowry, right? But Kawhi was only there a year, so I can't make him the greatest Raptor, even though, much like I say with Durant and LeBron, if he spends any time on your franchise, he has to be considered. So because of all that, I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry as the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time. You know, um, in addition to being like these nerd stats that I don't really know that well, like he's the all-time leader in win shares and blah, blah, blah. But like he was their heart and soul of their most successful era and led them to an NBA championship. So I figured he was the right pick. I think he is the correct pick. uh, Had DeRozan stayed and they won the championship with DeRozan, would have been DeRozan. Had they had more success with Vince Carter as a team, maybe then it's the the, 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 the Vince Carter, the Vince Sanity uh, years that will be immortalized on TJ's list. But no, it is in fact Kyle uh, Lowry. Stoudemire and Antonio Davis and your boy Calderon as well. Yes, Calderon. (laughs) The correct answer is Kawhi Leonard. 
He's not the greatest Raptor ever. He, did, did they win a championship? He did the best single season if and any that makes, player. And that makes you the best. So then LeBron James would be the best Miami Heat player of all time by your philosophy, well, which you then criticized CJ for. Yeah. Was Dwayne Wade still on that team and had yes. all the other history that went along with it? So what? Kyle Lowry was still on that team and had all the other history they that went along with it. They only won the championship because of Kawhi. They only won the championship because LeBron James. I disagree. I don't know. All, all right, right, let's continue I, on I, this I, list. I what else you got, that, TJ? Anyway, like I said, Lowry... He's the pick there. Now I'm going to go with, uh, let's see here. We'll save our teams for last. Let's go with the Nets. Okay. This was interesting, guys, because obviously, you know, the Nets, a lot of ABA success, been to two finals as an NBA franchise, you know, rich history, really came down to two guys. Okay. Came down to Jason Kidd. And it came down to Julius the Dr. Irving. And as you guys know, I'm a huge Dr. J fan. I really didn't want to do this. But when you really just compare the stats and what they did, you know, Dr. J, two-time ABA champion, two-time ABA playoffs MVP, three-time ABA MVP, one of the most influential and greatest basketball players of all time. So because of that, even though we only spent three years there, that was my minimum. I have Julius Irving as the greatest player in the franchise of the new Jersey, Jersey Nets. slash Brooklyn Nets. Um, I like it. I wish the current Brooklyn Nets group would do more to honor the fact that the team existed before. Where Brooklyn at and Jay-Z songs in the Barclays. <laughs> yeah, Barclays yeah. is a nightclub with the lights turned on. Let's be honest. So I would I wish we would you know they would do more to honor the previous uh you know uh incarnation mm-hmm. of the franchise. I agree. Um, that said, you know Jason Kidd that's what, that's really a, transformed the culture thought. and the energy around that team. They had he been did. in the in the bowels of the NBA for a long time and in he the led basement to of two finals in Meadowlands and I just yeah. looked at the stats, I looked at what Dr. J meant even though it was ABA before NBA. I just what he did was so incredible, man and Hey, listen, I'm not going to knock any basketball list that has Dr. J at the top of it. So let's go with Dr. J. And by the way, uh, Brooklyn Nets, free marketing idea. If you want to just take it, I don't need any credit. Carrie Kittle's sock night. You only give out one sock. You save half the money. <laughs> there you All right. go. TJ, what else All you right, got? so let's move over to Chris Brockman's Boston Celtics. I could go on for a long time with the <laughs> amount of great players that have played for the Celtics, obviously. But after kind of weighing everything, it basically comes down to two people. (laughs) Larry Bird and Bill Russell. Now, I'm going to say this. Larry Bird is a a basketball player. Larry Bird is a basketball player, obviously more skilled than Bill Russell all over. But the fact that Bill Russell, 11 titles, maybe the greatest winner in all of sports. I couldn't ever go back into an NBA arena if I said that Bill Russell wasn't the greatest Boston Celtic of all time. And it was, you know, fairly easy to come to that assessment with all due respect to Larry Bird, who was incredible. You look at the Celtics and their all time greats compared to the Lakers all time greats. Yeah, you do have more guys who sort of embody that team mentality, I think, when you look at the Celtics, as opposed to maybe the individual superstars that were the great Laker players that are become icons of the sport. Also, when I think about uh, if you were just going to compare the Lakers to the Celtics, uh, a lot of the all-time Laker greats weren't originally Lakers. They started with other teams when you talk about uh, Kareem and Wilt. Shaq. And Shaq. LeBron. And yeah, LeBron, all-time great Laker. Come on. Won a, won a championship. <laughs> multiple all-star games. Sure. Uh, so meanwhile, the Celtics, all their guys were homegrown. 
They were drafted. They were. They grew up there. They become of age there, and then eventually won a championship there. So I think when you look at those two franchises, that's the, one of the major differences that sticks out for me. I'll say this also, Chris. Someone yesterday on Twitter brought up the fact that you hate LeBron, and you said you didn't. But like the last couple of things you've said about LeBron, I would makes me lean to the fact that maybe you don't like LeBron. I, With I, what? I, what have I said? I think Chris I, is not a fan of this current chapter in the LeBron novel, I, the Laker I, I years. They say over well, and over again that he's before. the second greatest player ever. I mean, what more do you have? Uh, do but I? But you just to say got done saying that like the Heat would have won, what didn't need him to win those two titles. And I love he, when these guys have a conversation with each other and they both look at me during the conversation, <laughs> like I'm supposed to do something. Well, I mean, All you right. know, I'm just you out. What else we got on the list? What else we got? I'm just pointing it out. I'm just saying. All right, now, this bubble go. title doesn't count. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does count. It does count. Let it out, Chris. Let's go. Let it out, Chris. Let's go to the Knickerbockers. Uh, you know, Ben, I'm, I'm going to, like, let you have the floor on this after I quickly make this decision. It basically came down to, after really looking at numbers in the history, came down to three guys, Willis Reed, Walt Clyde Frazier, and Patrick Ewing. And even though Ewing never won a championship, he existed in the age of Michael Jordan. So I think everyone kind of gets a pass. I got to go with Patrick Ewing as the greatest New York. Nick really of all interesting time. choice there, TJ. Like um, I said, it was, it was him, Reed, or Frazier. I thought were were the the final three, but I went with Pat. But again, as a Knicks fan, I, I will defer and I want to hear what you have to say. Well, Patrick Ewing is the greatest Knicks player of my lifetime as a fan. I was in the building uh, the night they retired his jersey. I'm a, a huge Patrick Ewing fan. Uh, I think one of the most underappreciated superstars of the '90s. Um, and when you look back, though, at the, the history of the New York Knicks and the two championships, Walt Clyde Frazier has been the face of the franchise since he arrived in New York in 1967, continuing to do play-by-play for the team. His stat line in Game 7 when they didn't have Willis Reed against a Lakers team led by Wilt, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor, the fact he goes for 36-19-7-5. I mean, Walt Clyde Frazier. And then... Welcoming in Earl the Pearl and playing alongside Earl Monroe to get that second title. Um, I go with Walt Clyde Frazier. I didn't have the privilege of seeing him play, but I do have the honor and privilege of listening to him call games. Swishing and dishing, the Knicks in transition. Uh, it is a, a real joy to watch him call games. And Walt Clyde Frazier, the greatest Nick of all time. Yeah, and you know what? I uh, Listening to your argument there, and like I said, it, it was really those two I went with Ewing. But now that after you said that, I yeah, man, I maybe should should have put Clyde in. Well, now by Brockman's philosophy or his reasoning, it should be the player who achieved the highest level of basketball while while they wore the jersey. So by Brockman's rules, Jeremy Lin is the greatest Nick of all time because for a moment in time, there were two weeks when Jeremy Lin was the greatest basketball player to ever pick up a basketball. It was really ridiculous. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated twice. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I don't think another athlete has ever done that. Michael Jordan did it. Whatever. (laughs) Besides Michael Jordan, no other athlete has ever done that. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Lin did have a moment in time, didn't More he? Impressive. There are so many guys More impressive. that could have been on that Lin's list. Lin's back-to-back uh, SI titles or Johnny Vandermeer's back-to-back no-hitters. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I think Jeremy Lin's back-to-back SI covers because this is a man who was sleeping on Landry Fields' couch. Like, he wasn't even sleeping on Carmelo's, you know, sectional. This is a... Uh, 
<laughs> a single Landry Fields leather fancy. couch. <laughs> Landry Fields was on a 10-day. He didn't even know if that was a yeah, permanent Channing situation. Yeah, Channing Fry. Uh, you know, who else on that team? You had Jared Jeffries on that team. Jared Jeffries, an adult with braces. All right, so let's uh, let's Tough move squad. on to this. Wrap this up with my favorite All franchise, right. the Philadelphia 76ers again. Uh, very tough. A lot of great players on, on the history of this Sixers. You know, you got Hal Greer, you know, the great Wilt Chamberlain played for three seasons. Uh, Bobby Jones, Billy Cunningham, Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins, Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley. I could go on and on. This is the only player as of right now who is pulling double duty. The greatest Philadelphia 76er of all time watches over me every show. And that's Julius, the Dr. Irving. And again, I didn't want to have to use him for the Nets, but looking at those stat lines. He's your favorite player. He's my favorite player. You're going to do it. No, but I did. Literally, I was like, I really wanted to (laughs) know I was going to get some backlash. I really wanted to do Jason Kidd, but you can't ignore what the man did with the Nets. So because of that, the doctor, I'm not apologizing for the Sixers. No, I feel like I feel like if Iverson had gotten one, then maybe you could make a case, but he didn't. So it's a different timeline, a different Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors. But Dr. J, the greatest sixer of all time. And unfortunately, it doesn't get talked about when we have these greatest players of all time conversations. I see him oftentimes left off people's top tens. Yeah. uh, What he did for the game globally uh, and what he did for the the Philadelphia 76ers winning titles for them. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's Julius the Dr. So, no great list, TJ. I love Thank it. You. Good stuff, dude. Well Appreciate done. Any it. other, uh, any well, other Brockman, issues with the list? It. Brockman, Brockman's a, stewing over you there. You in agreement with the Bill Russell I'm taking it, right? Yeah, most likely. I mean, look, when you when you have the NBA Finals MVP is named after you, then you're you're uh, you're one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Dr. J only played three years for the New Jersey Nets, so I mean, I, I take offense to that, but whatever. He's your favorite player. It's all good. We switch gears from the NBA to the WNBA. Coming up next, Lexi Brown going to check in. Plus, I think we're tracking my dad down to settle this diehard debate. He's on. All right, we'll get my dad when he comes back. All right, we are back on let's Peacock. Go to your right now. Should we get my dad on? Yeah, let's do it right now. All right, cool. Hey, hey, Dad, thanks so much for checking in. How are you? Sorry about that before. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, yeah, I think so. Why not? All right, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. All that. He sent text messages. I don't know if that's a full definitive answer. Yeah, I think why not? I thought you were going to ask, but uh, yeah. What do you remember about Die Hard, Dan? When was the last time you saw Die Hard? I remember saying, hmm, I wonder if this could be a Christmas movie. <laughs> no, but you don't get to see movies multiple times because you're off seeing the next movie. So do you remember the well, Die Hard I screening? I see my favorite films a lot, but uh, 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 several times, but... I thought it was a formulaic film, but it worked very well. Yippee-i-o-ki-yay. Somebody actually <laughs> typed that into a script. Sure, something like that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, how you feeling about the Red Sox, Dad? I'm trying not to. They need a first baseman who can hit more than 205 and more than five home runs and strikes out a lot. And, and they, they need a backup first baseman who can do the same. Their backup catcher can't hit. They need another bat. They needed so many things, but... Chris Sales has come back, Good. and Nathan Navaldi's come is coming back. He's pitches there this weekend, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not paying attention to the Yankees because I've given up winning the division, but it doesn't matter anymore so long as you make the playoffs. But no. I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, Mr. Lyons, letting Schwarber go and not re-signing by, him. By was, the way, it's Jeffrey. Mr. Lyons is buried next to my mother. That's the biggest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, letting Schwarber, I'll repeat, letting Schwarber go was the stupidest thing ever. I was thinking about that, but he's not a good first baseman. He, he's, he's not a first baseman by trade. 
and he doesn't have any range at first. And they, they, at least Dahlbeck is better d- defensively. But I, every home run he hits, and he's an all-star, I, felt, I had the same thought. Absolutely. Yeah, painful. That's something we were doing earlier on the show this week. We, we were talking about the greatest games we've ever been to. I remember we got to go over to London to see those two Red Sox-Yankee games a few summers ago. What's the greatest game you've ever been to? Well, I would say I was there five feet away when uh, Don Zimmer tackled, uh, went after uh, Pedro, <laughs> and I liked that. And I, I was I was 15 feet away. My touch with greatness when Jason Veritek gave a leather sandwich to uh, a Rod. Yeah. That was pretty cool too. <laughs> uh, I was not there. I, I I sometimes used to guest host on the Spanish broadcast. I speak Spanish. And I was there when uh, Aaron Boone hit the home run. No, that's that's the worst game. The best game you ever went to is when you uh, blew off interviewing Madonna to come watch me play basketball. I'll love you forever, Dad. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) And I said, my son's playing in in, in half an hour. I'm not going to miss that because she's powdering her nose somewhere. And all the other critics said, what? You're giving it? I said, bye. And you did well that game, too. I love you, Dad. (laughs) You're the best. Thanks for checking in. See you later. So good. <laughs> he did. Passed off. He blew off Madonna uh, to interview.